Well, there was a lot of complaints. I live. <laughs> I give you guys the keys to this podcast for one week. A lot of complaints, no arguing. You two might as well have been hugging for 45 <laughs> minutes talking about the Leafs. No, Big Daddy's back and the Leafs cast is back. It's time to get to work. Checks it ahead. Matthews up to that. There it is. emergency pod it is i did not expect a trade today at all did you guys expect a trade today this is the podcast and the trade that takes steven out of parenthood you lasted one week <laughs> yeah i mean a little bit and i spent i but the only difference though between pre-parenthood i mean i've been in parenthood but like pre this form of parenthood and and you know what where it is now is like now this happens and i just don't I, there's no time to just sit down and talk with my wife about it for 45 minutes. <laughs> it's just like it happened. And then I was like back into the, back into the danger zone. Uh, well, that's what we're here for here today. We're here to just talk about it for 45 minutes. So get ready. 45 minutes. All right. Leafs pull off another blockbuster trade out. The door is a 2025 first round pick a 2026 second round pick. And then Joey Anderson and uh, Gogolev. Uh, but more exciting than what we gave up is left-handed D, Brian McCabe. Oh, wait, no. Jake McCabe. <laughs> was that Brian McCabe. Brian McCabe's coming back. <laughs> Come back. No, uh, not related to Brian McCabe. Uh, there will be a McCabe in the Leafs jersey once again. So Brian McCabe, uh, Sam Lafferty, and then mm-hmm. conditional 2024 and 2025 fifth round picks. Uh, also of significance, uh, Jake McCabe signed for two years after this one and Chicago retained half of his deal. So he is t- signed for a neat and tidy $2 million a year. I'm excited. How, what are you guys' initial uh, reactions? I, I, I love, I, I do love the deal. Um, I, I don't know that like me and a lot of other Leafs nation was still banging like the drum of Jake McCabe needs to come to Toronto but I think for the cost that it happened for, right? And I guess just like the signal to the team that we're all in and I don't know. The the team looks absolutely better, right? They look to- they look totally better now. Um and Lafferty, we all remember a uh like a week ago uh when the Leafs were playing the Blackhawks and it was like the Kane show or sorry, the one before the Kane show, right? When like Kane didn't look good and uh you know, McCabe didn't really look great either. And Lafferty looked great. And we're sitting here like, forget King. Can we get this guy Lafferty? <laughs> well, Do- Doobie was listening. He, he's certainly flashy. Um, So, so I'm stoked. What, what, what about you guys? Let's talk. It was kind of out of left field for me. I wasn't expecting it at all. I, I feel like back before we made the O'Reilly deal, Jake McCabe's name was thrown around there a lot and you kind of think okay are we going to bolster our forwards and get someone like Kane or O'Reilly or Bo Horvat or you know one of those big fish or are we going to bolster our defense and get someone like Jake McCabe or you know the list goes on but the thought never really crossed my mind like what if the Leafs just did both <laughs> what if we just got a top four defenseman and the top six you know forward 
And then two more bottom six forwards because Kyle Dubas is just going crazy right now. He's on be a GM mode in shell right now is what Kyle Dubas is doing. Well, you see, he, he saw the Tampa Bay Lightning trade away draft picks like they're nothing. And he's like, oh, I guess we just draft picks are open season. That's flush the system. Our scouts weren't that good anyways. I would feel bad for the scouts. Here they work like years and traveling around in these long hours. And then Toronto says like, yeah, we're not picking any of the top 300 guys in the draft. Thanks for your work this year. I mean, this until is, 2026. Well, yeah. Gogolev was a unsigned free agent, uh, you know, that we turned into a player. We've had a handful of these guys, like to a degree, we were talking about this before that a lot of these Leafs draft picks haven't really helped the team that much lately anyway, uh, besides, you know, the core four. So let's just go to work. It is currency. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, what's um, interesting is that the Leafs for, for the last, probably I'll say two years when we have really been escalated to like the top of the league, you know, finishing the season, top five, top seven, whatever it was between us and like, Florida, Tampa, Boston, the other teams that were up there with us, we would give less at the deadline. You know, we would bring in Nick Felino and trade a first round pick. Then Boston and Tampa would go and trade multiple first round picks. Or like last year, we just traded a second and brought in Giordano and everyone else was trading first round picks. And what that kind of allowed for this season, because we didn't do it, obviously it didn't lead to success in the previous seasons. But what it led to is that now that we are going all in, we still have in our ranks guys like Minton, guys like Matthew Nyes, guys like some elite prospects who within the next two or three years are going to be joining our lineups. You can't say the same for necessarily Boston or Tampa who have been trading away those guys and they're like at the tail end of their, we bet it all and now we're just kind of using what's left in the tank. We still have what some stuff in the tank after this, which is why it's even more exciting that we get to keep on someone like Jake McCake for another two, Jake McCake. <laughs> Um, no, I can't. Brian McCabe. Brian Greg, McCabe. Greg McCabe. Greg McCabe. Greg McCabe is. <laughs> Tim and I are both struggling. Stephen, it's a good thing you're back. But it's good that we have him for two years. I have a dirt cheap, like 50% retained. It, yeah. It's. I think it's great. It's. It just leads. It fixes all of our defense problems because we have so many expiring agents over the next year. It just fixes so many problems. I don't know, Ryan. Matthew, you said two to three years. Matthew Nyes. I hear that. Matthew Nye's helping us this playoffs. Tim, why Book why it. are you why are you against Matthew Nye's? What is is are you against me who is pro Matthew Nye's or are you against Matthew Nye's? I'm just saying you were so sure Matthew you were like drawing up line combinations with Matthew Nye's on the top line because he's like dominating college students. And it's just like <laughs> calm down, he'll get here. Don't displace Michael Bunting that quickly. <laughs> Wait a minute, was I, did I suggest Matthew Nyes being on the top line and Michael Bunting? It's possible. I don't know. To tell you the truth, you talk sometimes and it's like, I just what's worse, wait for you to finish. What's worse, my uh, evaluations of NCAA players, like NHL abilities, or uh, my analysis of the Maple Leafs, like third string goalie being able to be the backup? What's worse? <laughs> Uh, it's, o- today- it's always good to be bold, I guess. It makes <laughs> for interesting podcasting. The, uh, so where, where do where do we see McCabe fitting into our lineup here? Because I see some places saying they think he's a shoe-in for the top four. Some people think he's going to play with Riley in the top pair. Other people think he's going to be just replacing Sandy in the bottom because he could play the left or the right. Where, where do you guys see him slotting in? Hmm. I I think I think he's very like I think even Kyle Dubas mentioned it in the his uh 
press conference day where they kind of, it was when they got the news of Jake Muzzin going down that they said, all right, we do need to make a move. This is a hole in our lineup. So, and I think Jake, Jake McCabe, even though he does play both sides at primarily in Chicago, he's been playing the left. Mm-hmm. So I, I see him just slight slotting in on that left side in the second pairing. Um, I think we keep Riley Brody together. I think that's historically like the best, the best pair. Um, and I think that, is what allows Morgan Riley to be the best that he can be. And really like looking at our defenseman, we have technically like Morgan Riley is kind of a number one defenseman, kind of like one and a half, maybe two, but then we have like six guys that are number two to number four, number five. So it's like, I, I think getting that top pairing to be as much of a number of pairings we can be, I think is important. Hmm. What do you think, Steve? Um, I I disagree with Tim. I really feel like they made the trade to put him with Morgan Riley because like where I didn't look at the Leafs defense before this trade and say like, we need a defenseman right now because this Leafs defense is just a tire fire. I don't really think it is, but I'm still just so displeased with Morgan Riley's play that I feel like what they're trying or, or what they're going to try first at least is to get Morgan Riley on track with a guy like Jake McCabe. Um, but it's, it's odd. It, this is kind of like that, that um, the, the Muzzin trade, right? Where it's like, we kind of need a right shot. And we brought in a left because uh, yeah. I know he can play both, but if you throw him on, on, on the right side here with Morgan Riley, you're moving Brody to the left, playing with Hall, most likely and you got two guys playing on their, their off wing. But I just feel like, and I'm yet to see, you know, the best of Jake McCabe, but everything you hear, he's a shutdown guy, um, and he's. It, it just feels like where he fits best in the lineup and who he can maximize is, is probably Morgan Riley. Let him freelance a little more and maybe get his game back. Ryan, interesting Michael, stat. Go ahead, I can say interesting stat about uh, Jake McCabe is that him coming onto our team instantly he like leads our team and hits. However, mm-hmm. he also someone did some uh, some analysis and. Turns out the people in Chicago are very generous of what they call hits. He, he's like, they look at his like hits per game and home and away. And he's like top of the league for hitting people more often at home than away, which is always a little suspect, but definitely. Uh, what year a is this? Customer. What are we doing? <laughs> we don't even. These, these are what people do with their lives. I, I <laughs> no, think my I'm... favorite part about this trade and specifically the, the, uh, the McCabe part. I, I just love the flexibility that it gives Keith with our with our deepers. And it's the same thing that O'Reilly is, has given us. And we could talk about O'Reilly as well, because holy cow, what a week is of uh, our forward group and having with O'Reilly there. But you, you put O'Reilly on the second line with Tavares and Marner, gold. You put O'Reilly on the second line with Tavares and Nylander, gold. You put him on the third line as a center. We haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to call it. It's going to be gold. And it's just like so many different options that Keith could go to. Something's not working. You need a little tweak, even mid game. I'm talking about in the playoffs here. Keith has just so many options up front that he can kind of switch stuff around. And now I don't think that I could have said that about the defense, but now I think you can, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, Steven, I think you're right. I think that the same reason that Brody works well with Riley, kind of someone who's a little more stay at home, who can let Riley just go do his thing. Then he's going to take care of stuff. I think that he would work really well in that position. I also think he would work really well, like kind of uh, just pure shutdown line playing with someone 
like Hall or with Lilligren or on the third pair, I think he's beyond that. So he would only excel there. So I just think that it gives us so many more options that Keith could work with that I have a hard time thinking that the opposition, be it Tampa in the first round or whoever else, that they're going to be able to just plan for our team and just say like, yep, this is what Keith is going to roll out. We know it's going to roll out because it's the only option out there. Let's plan around it. I, I don't think that's an option for either a forward group or a defense group. So we both kind of went through the same names. Are we of consensus that Rasmus Sandin? So at this point, we have eight clear cut NHL defense and even nine, like Jordy Ben did successfully pass through waivers. Uh, if he Sunday, passes through exciting. waivers, he's not an NHL caliber defenseman. That's what I'm saying. We love Jordy Ben, but I don't want him on my playoff team. There's a reason why he passed through. waivers. Ryan, you're I'm sorry. Looking like him. You're looking like him with this long beard. <laughs> no, Maybe. I, I get, I get the Jordy Ben stuff. I was reading a comment on the athletic the other day about like, we can't lose Jordy Ben. He helped. He's a core part of this team. It's like, how core was he for the 11 games he's played for the Maple Leafs this season? Yeah. Like anyway, but like <laughs> to, to be fair though, he's a core part of our depth. Like you expect people yeah. to get injured. If you're going yeah. on a deep I playoff like run, I would way rather have Jordy Ben coming in than most other people we've had come in in the past in the playoffs for injuries. So he, he's definitely an important part of our team, but to say that we have nine NHL defensemen is a little generous. I think fine. Eight NHL defensemen. Uh, the two names that we didn't go through, Rasmus Sandin plays the left. Connor Timmins plays the right. Do these guys make it in the lineup over Justin? Also, of note, uh, right now, Matt Murray's on long-term injury reserve uh, dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, But if we were to, let's say he was healthy today, don't actually know that. Um, I think Kyle Dubas indicated maybe later this week, but we'll see. But anyways, if we injured him today, or sorry, if we activated him today, we would be about a million dollars over the cap. So people are saying like, maybe Dubas has more trades coming up his tree. So it might be that Justin Hall maybe gets traded. Maybe this is the end of Alex Kerfoot's time in Toronto. I don't know. But so at the very least though, who is in and who is out? Do you think you think it's Connor Timmons and Rasmus Sandin in the bottom? It feels like whether Jake McCabe plays the, the right or the left, Rasmus Sandin's like outside the lineup, right? Because if Jake McCabe's playing the left, you're going Riley, McCabe, and Geo, and then Sandin's out. And if McCabe's playing the right, it's probably Riley, uh, Brody, and Geo playing the left. So, so like, uh, it, I have a hard time imagining him getting in the lineup at all at this point. Um, would you trade Rasmus Sandin? I don't think I don't think now's the time to do you it. You tried to the last time you were on the pod. Yeah, yeah, but like okay, if you're trading Rasmus Sandin for like an an upgrade, I suppose I suppose it forward. I wouldn't hate that. But it just it just seems weird like cuz I, I don't even know what you could get for him that we could afford. Do you know what I mean? Like Well, the pr- the problem is if anything you're trading someone like Sandin for the cap space. So you can't really bring in another piece unless if they're making like league minimum or something. Oh. So it wouldn't as much be that. It would more be like you trade him to recuperate some of the assets you blew this year and it's just players subtracted. I don't think that that's that's the plan here though. I I think the three players that you outlined Tim uh Kerfoot Hall and, and Engvall are the much more likely candidates, especially because they're all expiring. I, I think Kuba, uh, Kuba's values having Sandine in our system. 
The problem is, is that I don't think Hall is going to be the one who gets traded. I, I, I'm thinking as much as Hall is uh, is up and down and who knows what's going on. I'm just thinking about if we're like leading a game against Tampa Bay and we have to put out a pair at the end of the game. And this this pair has to defend the league, the, the lead. Most of the pairs in my head have Justin Hall on them. It's like someone on the left and Justin Hall yeah. on the right. I don't even think it's Brody because Brody's playing with Riley and I don't want Riley anywhere near the ice when we're defending a lead. So I, I think that we do keep Hall. I think it's probably going to be if, if we are trading someone, but the other side of it is if someone else on our team gets injured and goes on LTIR, then we don't need to trade. Uh, and we can just hold some LTIR space at the end of the season. We don't need to, to make that uh, cap space. But I think I if we know. do trade someone, it's going to be out of the forward group. I don't really want to see to me. It's a, it's a, it'd be a, like very disappointing that we spend a first round pick, even a 2025 first round pick. And we're still sending Justin Hall out at the end of the game to, end, to defend a lead. Like at that point, send out Jake McCabe and, and TJ Brody or like Giordano, Mr. Shot blocking King of NHL history. Like put him out with Jake McCabe or like, I, I don't really want to see Justin Hall out there anymore. Um, no, but but what like Jake McCabe's going to play on the left side for us all season, all game long, and then to end the game, you're just going to toss him on the right side with Mark Giordano, who he's never played a shift with before. Like, no, you want you, you want to put one of your pair, one of your established pairs that have chemistry out together. You don't you don't mess it up for the last thirty seconds of the game. I I, I just I, I I agree with Tim here a little bit that like I, I don't know. I, I don't know if so there. I don't know if Justin Hall is the guy, but okay. But I really feel like there's just no way that Keith's trading a defenseman and not like Alex Kerfoot or Pierre Engvall or one of these forwards. Yeah. I just feel like that's what's going to happen. Um, you kind of you you kind of need eight defensemen. I mean, think about the last handful of playoff series where I mean it's Jake Muzzin, but like Jake Muzzin goes out in one game and then it's just like, oh my gosh, now like. You know we're catapulting. Uh, I don't even Brookies know. He's in there. Some Travis Dermott. Yeah, yeah. Some man. I forgot about Travis Dermott. I wonder how he's doing. Um, yeah, not great. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm just not even really entertaining the idea that like it's a defenseman, Rasmus Sandin or something like that. But I mean, Kyle Dubas has been proving me wrong for like three weeks now. So, well, so let's look at it from the other side in our forward group, because we also brought in Lafferty, who we're assuming will make the light up since we traded for the guy. and He's pretty good, I hear. He's going to have to bump someone out. And the only guy that I could think of is Zach Aston Reese. But I've really liked Zach Aston Reese on that fourth line since Achari's been down there. Like those those two as a duo are great. And I would love to see a, a fourth line, Zach Aston Reese, Achari and Lafferty. But then who comes out? Like Kerfoot, Engvall, what? Like someone has to come out. You can't ice thirteen forwards. I don't know. I I think you take Zach Aston Reese out. I think uh, Achari coming in gives you a lot of those same elephant elements that Zach Aston Reese previously brought. Um, as far as the physicality and I get a bit of a mean streak to him. You can still like cycle him in, but um, I wouldn't be. I th- I think Zach Aston Reese is still the most expendable person on the roster but since um, tim but since you have to remove a piece anyway why wouldn't you remove engvall or kerfoot and keep zach austin reese in the lineup 
because you can't subtract Zach. He doesn't make enough. Like his subtraction mm. does not get us beyond the salary cap. It has to be someone more than that. So why are we talking about like the defense here? Let's trade out Kerfoot or Engvall and keep this really exciting, energetic fourth line going. He's been great this past week with the Chari. Hmm. True. I mean, I, I don't actually know the exact dollars by do- to dollar figure of who, who we can keep and who we, who we have. To I like just know he makes under a million and we're over a million. So something like that. Yeah, unless just, I just know unless, that Pridham can massage the numbers. Well, and unless uh, there's a situation of Matt Murray's not going to be here until the playoffs. And this is the roster that they roll out, which I think Tim, you were mentioning before. Um, and, and I heard it said, and it makes a lot of sense that like, you know who your first round opponent's going to be. Um, and we, you know, you can't trust Matt Murray to stay healthy during the regular season. So if you feel like he can keep his game together, why would we roll him out there at all for the rest of the regular season? If you can dodge the cap by keeping him in LTIR, I feel like that might be the best move for the the team. Yeah. I thought the same, like going, we'll call it going full Tampa Bay as far as like when they held out Kucherov to circumvent the, circumvent the cap, the cap. It's like <laughs> you either die here or live longer, long enough to see yourself become a villain. But, um, but if, if you're doing that, then you're giving up on the possibility of Matt Murray be getting hot and, you know, like, like playing for you in the playoffs. Yeah, you're not gonna I, keep him I'd be able, throw him in there. I'd be nervous him about him being rusty. So that's probably irrelevant. Um, I, I think Murray's going to be, I'd be very shocked if Murray ends up being out and then play. If he's out until playoffs, I'd be even more shocked that he gets in to play a playoff game. Like I think if that's the case, it's just, Sammy smiles time to shine and that's it because you have a faith in Murray at that point. So, so Tim, if you had to choose right now who you think Kyle Dubas is going to get rid of to get us under the cap or what the move is, you think it's all? I think it's, I think it is probably Alex Kerfoot. I think uh, Alex Kerfoot though, like this year he's having a bit of a down year and he's not necessarily um, putting the pucks in the net, like where he does have, quite a bit of value is on, on the penalty kill and both Achari and Lafferty that we've brought in are both key penalty killers on their former team. Mm-hmm. So I think we're now a much stronger, like we have a much deeper roster of potential penalty, penalty killers, which I think makes them a bit more expendable. I just like <laughs> trade him to the West. If we trade him to the East, he's probably going to meet us in the playoffs. and He's going to score a hat trick every game. Such is the way I feel like, like we have two games left until the trade deadline. We played the Connor McDavid and the Oilers on Wednesday and Calgary flames the day after that. Do, do you guys think it's worth putting O'Reilly on the third line and putting in between Engvall and Kerfoot and seeing if there's something there, even though it's going to be a small sample mm. size and it's on the back to back, whatever. But if you put them on that third line and all of a sudden they look dangerous, they're generating offense. Kerfoot looks like he can do things because he's only facing third line competition with an actual offensive centerman and it's like if we have something there that changes everything it changes everything mm. yeah the fact that we haven't seen it yet though means i don't think keith is that like i don't think it would change things like i don't think two games even if they got a hat trick <laughs> maybe ryan overall got a hat trick in both games on the no, but i'm talking line. like i'm talking like Kerfoot gets two goals and Engvall gets a goal. And just like, they look dangerous. Like Kerfoot doesn't look dangerous all season. 
I'm just saying that we all have an established thought of what Kerfoot in particularly is at this point yeah. this season, but we've never seen him on the third line with a legitimate center this season. And if you trade him away, then you'll never get to see that. Yeah. So like we have two games left. Why not use them? But we know we obviously at this point, we know what he is on the second line. That argument's weird though, to say that like, we haven't seen him with a solid on the third line. I guess it's the competition has changed, but like it's the competition seen yeah. him for a handful of games with John Tavares and just kind of done nothing. I, I, I think uh, there's a really good chance that we see not, not Kerfoot on that third line, but maybe this week uh, Ryan O'Reilly on the second line with yarn crook um, and probably wait, who else is left? <laughs> yarn crook. So John Tavares, the third liner. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, uh, the potential Wait. of Lafferty to get moved, tried out on that second line left wing spot. Wait, Wait hold so on. Marner you just, and you just called, you just called O'Reilly, Lafferty, Yarn and Yarn Crook all on the second line. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. And I was talking about the third line. I was saying that I, if they're going to try Ryan O'Reilly on that second line, then you still got to decide who's going on the, or sorry, if you're going to try Ryan O'Reilly third line center. You got to decide who's going to go on that second line left wing. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that could be Lafferty. Um, I don't know. I, I've been beating the drum of O'Reilly at the third line center since before we even traded for him. But I am quite enjoying Ryan O'Reilly as our second line left winger. He looks or second line center and Tavares on the wing. That line just looks great. Like, I don't know if I want that anymore. Maybe we should just keep this in the, the super heavy top six and just keep rolling because, man, they put the bucks in the net. I mean, Mitch Marner is also just on a crazy hot streak. Like that guy is so talented. Makes me like it. And it even like, I was nice to see he got reunited with Matthews that last game. And nice. Just like that. Matthews starts scoring. Yeah. Again. You wonder how much of like Matthews 80 goals and 80 games or no, it's not quite that 60 goals, not 80 goals, but um, was just because he was playing all that time with, with Marner. And like now that he's been playing with Nylander, Nylander is one putting the puck in the net. So it's like, not necessarily a down. I mean, it is still a bit of a down year for Matthew, just even from the dominance perspective. But big down year, twenty goals. It's like a third of his production down year. That's a pretty big down year too. I know, but like Nylander's up twenty goals. Marner is still doing the same number of assists. So <laughs> la- last last pod, I was I was asking Tim, Stephen. I said like, how does it just make you feel that the Leafs actually did it? Because at that point, we just traded the first round pick. We traded yeah. you know, all the other picks as well. And it was right after Kyle Dubas was saying, you know, we're not going to do that for rentals. And then he did it. Now it's compounded even more. We've traded multiple first round picks, multiple second round picks. Like we, we've literally gutted the cupboards for these deals here. And we are going for it more than ever. How do you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Cause we've never won a playoff round. And now here we are selling the farm to bet it all in well, one season when we're going against Tampa Bay lightning and the greatest team ever assembled the Boston Bruins. It, it is, it is insane. This arms race in the East has been crazy to watch. And like, it kind of stinks. Cause every, like, like a lot of people are like, Oh, these Eastern conference playoffs are, are, are you know, the Eastern yeah, they're going to be insane. Like, it's going to be so fun to watch. It's like, well, not for us if we friggin' lose. Like, we mm-hmm. better win because I thought today when the trade went down, I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. Jake McCabe's coming, blah, blah, blah. And I get it. These guys have term. But Tim Allison has been making fun of the Florida Panthers for whatever, 11, 10 months now about how they went all in last year, multiple first-round picks on guys who were rentals who then left. Um, and 
they won a playoff round and then they lost the next one and and that was it. And now they're like selling even or something. I don't even know. It's it's a, it's a mess over there. So um, for for that reason, I get nervous. But like, I don't know. Well, you want me to get excited ner- about our 2026 second round pick and our like no like I'd r- much rather have these guys that have term yeah. and uh, um, I think the vibes around this team are unmatched right now. I've been loving these Leafs blueprints and seeing like it's like it's like Ryan O'Reilly's the captain now. And like the team's awesome. Achari's the captain of the fourth line. It just, it looks like a team that has six captains on it because we are a team that has six captains on it. It's a wealth of, wealth of riches. You remember uh, 2000, 2003, right? When they traded for everybody's captain, uh, uh, I got the hat on even today, right? For, you know, like, uh, gosh, who else was even there? I can't even remember. So friggin' long ago. Yeah. Uh, just one one notice before we we switch off, but like, what's crazy is that us playing Tampa in the first round. Tampa also went for it this year. They traded five draft picks for, I mean, a fourth liner, maybe a third liner at best. So very questionable decision from Tampa. As it is funny reading, reading online, people are like, well, they overpaid by about a factor of five, but it's Tampa Bay, so they probably they probably know something we don't. Anyways, but like. Tampa spent five draft picks. One of them and us are going home in the first round. Mm. Yeah, that's wild. Someone's going to be sad. <laughs> Someone's going to be sad. We know it's been us for a long time. Well, and then we I, mean, the- I, was, I was kind of alluding to it earlier, but like I think of what most teams do. And it's like once the window opens, they spend all the draft picks because like the window is there. And I feel like that's not what what our team did. We the window was open. We spent minimal draft picks over a few years. And now that like the Matthews contract and the Nylander contract, like they're nearing their end. Now is when we decide, okay, we're going to mortgage the future and, and go for it. But we still have another, at least like one year. De- I mean, definitely this year, next year is when all our big guys are under contract and probably beyond that, assuming some guys re-sign here, hopefully. Um, I think that we're in pretty good shape. I think that, theoretically Boston shouldn't continue to be the greatest team ever for another decade. Tampa should only be on the decline teams like uh, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. I think there's still a ways behind us. I think that looking beyond this season, I think we're set up pretty well. And it's just unreal that we get to face Tampa in the first round and Boston might get to play Buffalo in the first round. <laughs> Like, what is that? What is that? Is it too late for well, us that's to... what you get for winning the division. But all those games that we lost against Montreal and Arizona and Chicago and Anaheim, that's the difference between, and like probably 10 other points. That's the difference between us and Boston. Like, it's unfortunate that they're having the season they are. But when you lose these winnable games, that's the price you pay. You don't get yeah. the favorable matchup in the first round. Man. It is nuts thinking, yeah, like the the road we got to go through, it's it's going to be crazy, but like, I don't know. Do you guys, we feel so much more confident, right, that we're going to beat these teams now with this this roster. So it's like, and the, I, I feel like the team's looking great right now. Like I really, yeah. I'm scared because well, I'm a Leafs fan, but I'm not scared of these guys we're going to be playing in the first round. Like I just see Ryan O'Reilly just like kicking the crap out of everybody in the, the West here, like, or the East, he, like, he, I don't know. There's something different about 
what he's bringing. It's to the, the visor. Team. It's the lack of visor. It just makes it look so tough. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. Say, Tim. I was gonna say like, I agree. I our forwards are great. Defense are great. Goaltenders. It's still it's like, oh. Ooh. but I, I like that the die has been cast. We're like Samsonov and Murray are the guys, and it's like. I don't know. I, and I, maybe it's like, and I don't know who like of the goalies in the league, there's maybe, maybe five of them that I would actually like be comfort, like feel comfortable with. But so maybe it's an unreasonable ask, but it's still just like, all right, we've, we've done all that we kind of can. And now it's just going to come down to goaltending. And then are the, the big boys actually going to play like the big boys? Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head though, Tim, when you said there's only like five guys you could trust. You, you think Calgary was worried about their goaltending coming into this season or or uh, Edmonton with, with our buddy Jack Campbell down? You think they were worried about goaltending? It's just like, a, who knows? Who knows with the goaltending? Like, you, you, we can go and win the cup this year on the back of Ilya Samsonov, who wasn't even qualified by his team. That isn't even going to make the playoffs this year. Like, it, you don't know. It could be great. Maybe Matt Murray's going to come back and be the guy for us. Like, it. You just don't know. I, I get it. I agree, Tim. It's my biggest concern as well. I have no problems with the forest group at this point. There, I mean, no problems with the defense. There's been teams with goaltending tandem similar to a Samsonov. I mean, Samsonov's been great, but like, like that, right. That have won the cup, uh, you know, Chicago many moons ago with, uh, Oh my God. Miami. Yeah. Like this could be done. Um, it can be done. And, and Matt Murray won the cup, but, but I, I did have that thought, right. Of like, well, okay. Yep. We're, we're, we're with these guys now. Cause like part of me expected a little bit that Dubas is going to make a deal for a goalie. Like he has a couple years in a row now. And I don't know, it's maybe not impossible, but I'm fine with Sammy smiles. He looked great last night. Um, and, uh, and this defense in front of him is going to be lights out. They're just going to, they're going to be yeah. lights out the forward group in front of them. I mean, say we keep Kerfoot, you you know, you you could possibly have like an excellent penalty killing type forward on, you know, almost all of your lines here. Um, this team should just get to work. I am so excited for the game on uh, Wednesday. Uh, it sounds well, like- even like take out the penalty killing part of it. Like the three forwards we added are all defensively responsible for it. Like they all penalty kill. They all play that way. They penalty kill because they're defensively aware. And then the defenseman we added is he's not like uh Eric Carlson type. He's defensive. That's what he does. He's, he's stingy. So you think of like Kemper last year, he goes from Arizona who is like a trash heap and he goes to Colorado and he's not like the greatest goaltender ever, but you put him against the best team in the league and he's going to get it done and he wins a cup. What does he do? He goes to Washington and now he's not great anymore. So part of it is the team that's in front of you. And if we have this, elite defensive team like what the Leafs are clearly took a huge step forward in that regard mm-hmm. with these two trades it's only going to make Samsonov and Murray's jobs easier so I, I I'm not worried I'm feeling really confident about the Leafs right now man I'm excited for this I'm like so ready for uh April now I, I want to see Ryan O'Reilly in the playoffs just right. pissing on oh. Boston pissing on him on the ice man <laughs> Man, it's I, I, I too just like man, just like it's gonna be hard for me to kind of get excited about the next 
month of hockey because to me it's like it doesn't make that big a difference it's fun to see the fun to see the players and the ups and downs but it's going to come down to the playoffs and it's going to be because like, i'm going to have to take that week off from work because win or lose i'm going to have no mental <laughs> capacity to do anything how that's many, right how many games? And if you go on a run it might they might just not see me for a month how many games has brian o'reilly played so far four six, five? six or seven I don't uh, know. well i've been in a blender um just because like i i've been a little surprised that sheldon keith hasn't kind of moved him around a little bit so this is me trying to give tim a little bit of something to watch here with the leafs over the next month is that uh will we see right some shaking up in the lineup because we haven't really since we made the trade right it's been the same guys same spot every night will we see ryan o'reilly move down to the third line I, I I was saying that before, like, I think they're going to try it. I don't know that I actually want that because I would kind of agree with you, Ryan. We're just like, this second line rocks. It's just a bunch of heavy know, dudes I, going I, to the net. You, def, you definitely have to try it, though. Like, you, you can't go the whole time without trying it. Like, otherwise, we have, like, what, 25 games left of the season. You're not even going to take a look before the playoffs. You might as well. And and in regards to, to what you said, Tim, I think there's lots to still watch here. We have... So many new players, so many different combinations. I think we're going to see like nine different defenseman pairings that are iced over the the next twenty five games. That it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what what kind of shakes up. I bet if we all took a poll of what we think the you know the lines are going to be for forwards and the pairs are going to be for defense right now for game one, I bet all three of us would be wrong <laughs> if we're wrong on multiple accounts. So I, I think that there's a lot, a lot to keep an eye on. Yeah. They're going to make a couple more trades. There's going to be different names in there. We don't even know who's going to be there yet. You think you guys think that like other than the, the dump of salary to get us under, do you, do you think there's anything else Dubas has up his sleeve? I, I don't cause there's no more cap room. It's less, it's not a fun answer, but there's no, well, you trade Kerfoot out. Yeah. Kerfoot makes three and a half million. And now you have two million left to work with after the million. Right. So like there is the fact that right now what we're doing is subtracting players. There is an option to add some more still. I mean, at the the rate that uh, the rising prices of, of trades, one, how good does Dubas look now at moving before Tampa Bay overpaid and probably raised the price for everyone. But two, it's like, by this coming Friday, Justin Hall will bring back a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Jordy Ben will bring back a first round pick. <laughs> I wonder. Actually, I was thinking about that. We we just let Joey Harrison, uh, Joey Harrison, Joey Anderson clear waivers recently, didn't we? Yeah. And That's then we, we included him in this trade. They could have had the guy for free. <laughs> well, no, what sometimes happens, the teams that, I mean, Chicago is trying to leave. Yeah, it's it's the contracts, but, right? Well, yes, but it also like to to some teams having him clear waivers is like a, a value add because that means they can move have him on the NHL roster. They can have the AMR, AHL roster. They have the flexibility mm-hmm. to move him up and down and not worry. OK, about good it. point. Good point. You're smart, I guess. Joey Anderson traded. Uh, he was, you know, part of the Andreas Janssen deal. OK, so in mm-hmm. a weird way, Andreas Janssen helped us make this deal today and we thank him for Thanks, his Mango. And now he's in San Jose. Bless his soul. Wow. I don't even know where he's, he's been in the minors. So what is San Jose's farm team? No, he just got traded there. He was part of the, right. But he, 
Oh. But is he on the Sharks or is he on the Sharks minor league? Oh, I don't even know. The Barracuda. He's just yeah. living it up in California. What does he care? Man. He's doing got fine. his sandals on. And he's so this the up next we have Edmonton and Calgary this week before the trade deadline. You guys looking for anything in particular of those games? I'm looking for Jake McCabe and uh um Sam Lafferty. Laffy. They are traveling uh to Seattle it, right now. They plan to practice with the team tomorrow. And then they head to Edmonton the next day, or I guess later actually on Tuesday. So I think they expect them in the lineup on Wednesday. That's what I'm looking for, baby. Yeah. I, I'd also be interested to see. Uh, so last game, Marner and Matthews are together. Is this yeah. is this a, a one game thing of just get Matthews moving a little more? Or is this like new line of uh, Tavares? O'Reilly and Nylander. The fact oh. that Matthew scored two goals, I think it's a shoe in that he's going to be with Marner against against McDavid here in this next game. But also, like we're against Edmonton Oilers, who are like the top scoring team this year. It's get you know I was saying it earlier, like we bullshit our defensive awareness for our uh, our team here. It's going to be put to the test real soon against against uh, Edmonton, who's on a bit of a heater right now. So uh, I, yeah, I want to see have- us. I want to see us win that game like two to one. I don't want to see a seven five against that one. I want to see we, us have, uh, we have Justin Hall, iconic for being able to shut down Connor McDavid. I'm telling you, I, the in the playoffs, I bet it's going to be Hall who's getting those. It's going to be like Hall and Geo getting those tough minutes at the end when we're trying to defend a league. I, I bet that's what it's going to be. You talk about shaking up those defensive pairings. I certainly don't want Geo and Lilypad getting a. Uh, separated sorry giordano and Liliagrin. sometimes i worry we say nicknames too often on here just <laughs> someone who doesn't know just doesn't know well apparently achari's nickname is cookie like who, who knows that yeah, how do you one. get that no i think i heard somewhere that he he eats oreos during the game like in the during the game or something like that's that. a choice I don't know. It was, I mean, I i do that too but like apparently it's not my nickname's not cookie yeah it was something like that <laughs> Well, I'm not expecting the Leafs to make any other big moves before the deadline here, but it will be interesting to see if Boston or Tampa clear the cupboards any more than they already have to to try and fit even more in. I, I certainly hope not. They look they look good enough. It's a little bit suspicious to me that um all these all the deadline deals, deadline-ish deals that have happened so far have been the names that we've known. Not one like completely under the radar, you know. Uh the guy that Tampa got was under the radar. No, <laughs> no, one, no, well, no one thought like who'd be crazy enough to pen five draft books for this guy. Tim, oh, the Stanley Cup st- champion. You need to st- you need to stop pestering, and this is going to come back on us in the playoffs. I ask that you stop putting this totally negative gonna- Tanner Janot energy into the universe. It's going to come back on well, us, Tim. Do you Tanner remember? With- Go ahead. I say he's scoring an OT winner against us. Yeah. It was Nick Paul who scored both goals in game seven against us. And that was their pickup last year. So, Oh, the game that we lost two to two. That's right. I hate Thank you, West Macaulay. I hate hockey, but I love the Maple Leafs. Ryan O'Reilly. Right. Laffy. Sam Lafferty. The new Laffy. Leaf Legends. Oh, man. I'm excited. Big All right. That's it. We're wrapping up. Wednesday, Wednesday night, Laffy in the lineup, Tim on the couch eating cookies. Oh boy. Love it. Keep Ryan O'Reilly on that second line. I declare it. That's, I don't want to move down. Just keep him there. 
He's heavy. Brendan Pridham, MVP. The captain and against will continue. Um, good old Leafs. 